You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah B'Shemesh Israel, 5781-2021. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Naso, and in our Parsha, chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, the Torah tells us like this, God spoke to Moses and he said as follows, Israel, Speak to the children of Israel, and you shall say, to the children of Israel as follows, Isha Yisha Kiafli Lindor Neder, a man or a woman, when they will do a wondrous thing, where they will make a clear neder, a clear vow. Nazir Lahazir Lashem, because they want to become a Nazir, they want to prevent themselves for a certain amount of time, or maybe for an unlimited amount of time, from drinking wine, from having any products that are uh, from the grapevine, from cutting their hair. Next passage, verse 3, They shall not drink wine, they shall not have anything to do with wine vinegar, etc. The Pasuk continues and describes what happens when a person makes a nether, a vow of Nazirus, of becoming a Nazir. So, what is the idea behind Nazirus? What is the idea behind a vow? Why does a person want to stop themselves from drinking wine? So I'd like to share with you a very powerful medrash, that addresses this issue. It has a long introduction. Most of what we're going to say for the next 20 minutes or so is going to be the introduction. But we need to understand why would a person make a vow? What is behind the vow? What is the value of, of a vow? Why are we doing this idea? Why are we involved in this idea? Why is the Torah telling us about such a person? What is the mila? What is the advantage of this concept? So the Medrash brings the Pesukim, the verses in Amos, chapter 6. Many verses in Amos that speak about the Jewish people and speak about our relationship with the nations of the world. Fascinating Medrash, listen carefully. This is what the verses say. This is what the verses, it's more than one verse, it's a a number of verses. It speaks about the, the Navi, you know, the prophets, so their job was to give Musr, to give Tachacha, to give rebuke to the Jewish people. Whenever they saw that the Jews were headed on a, a wrong path, the Israelites were not performing the mitzvahs correctly, perhaps they had gone off and served idols, Chas Hashem, heaven forbid, or they weren't involved in keeping the Torah, studying the Torah properly. So God would send the prophets to chastise the Jewish people, to set them back on the correct path. And he says, Woe, says Amos, Woe unto those who in Sion, in Zion, in Jerusalem, they're all relaxed. This is a reference to the tribe of Judah and Benjamin. We are all called Jews. Why? Because we come from Judah, also Benjamin. They were the kingdom of the south of the Jewish people, of the Israelites, the ancient Israelites. They were sitting, the section of the Jewish people which was in the south, which consisted of Yehuda and Binyamin. They were sitting in these feasts, enjoying themselves, involved in physical affairs, not involved in spiritual pursuits. And the verse refers to those who feel very batuach, they feel very confident in the mountain of Shomron. So the mountain of Shomron, This is a reference to the people in the northern kingdom, the, the other ten tribes, which were led by Yosef, which were led by the tribe of Joseph, they were also very confident 
in their involvement in the world. These two nations, these two parts of the Jewish people, those in the north, those in the south, the Israelites, the people from Judah, so they were outstanding. They came, they came from the greats of the nations. Who's this a reference to, says the Medrash? It's a reference to the fact that we come from shame and aver. Shame. We're called, those who don't like Jews are called anti Semites. Shem is the root, antishemi in Hebrew. We are from shame, the son of Noach. And his. And his progeny from Ever, I think it's his great grandson, if I'm not mistaken. These were these great righteous people who we come from. Uvalaam Beis Israel. Now the people of Israel come and this is what they say. Listen to this carefully. Very interesting. The idolaters, the nations of the world. When they are sitting and eating, so they're involved in matters of foolishness. Kivilam, who is as wise as Bilam? Bilam was a great prophet of the non-Jews. Migibor Kigolias, who is as powerful, as mighty as Goliath? Mi Ashir Kahaman, who is as rich as Haman, the antagonist of the Purim story. So now the nations of the world are busy telling us about how great they are. They have these rich people, they have these wise people, etc. Now, what did the Jewish people come along and do? Something which on the surface seems actually kind of nice. We, they say, hey, look, we also have our wise people. We have Achitofel, Shlomo Lohaya, Lohaya Chacham. King Solomon was the wisest of all men. Shemeshon Lohaya Gibor, who is mighty strong? Samson the prophet. David Lohaya Gibor, King David was mighty. He was a warrior. Koerich Lohaya Ashir, Shlomo Lohaya Ashir. We find that Korach was very rich. We find that King Solomon was very rich. So, the idolaters say, hey, we've got our rich people, we've got our smart people, etc. The Jews come and say, hey, we've got our you know, Nobel Prize winners, we've got our awesome baseball players, Sandy Koufax, etc. And the nations of the world say, you're right, you've got some real big hitters, you've got some real stars. Albert Einstein... Shai Agnon, winners of the Nobel Prize. So when I read this message the first time, I was trying to understand, like, is this a good thing that we're saying here? You know, we're also smart, we're also good, but it sounds like these uh, statements are, are foolishness from the Oivdi Kachavim, from the nations of the world. So are we responding to something wise? But it becomes clear as we continue to read that this is a mistake. The Jewish response to, to the foolishness of the nations, and they're agreeing with us. They agree to us. Yeah, we'll give you the Nobel Prize. You guys are really smart. You guys are really wise. Big mistake. Listen to this. Go down to Kalna. It's the name of a place. And you will see. It's a reference to a certain place called Ketisvain. Go to these different places. Go down to the land of the Plishtim. Different places. So, so the Pasuk lists off amazing places, Rome, the beautiful city of Rome, London, Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, all the different locations, these awesome places, awesome locations, Mount Rushmore, the Great Rapids, 
Yellowstone National Park. Wow. The Swiss Alps. Says the verse. Are we any better than them? Are they any better than us? Jerusalem. Center of the universe. There's a reason everyone's fighting over Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Yerushalayim. Shomron. The West Bank. What they call the West Bank, we call Yehuda Shomron. Do you think that their portions are any better than our portions? Listen to this. God says to them, I gave you the most awesome portion. I gave you a much greater portion, a much more beautiful portion, a much more spiritually connected portion. There's nothing like Yerushalayim. You walk in there, you feel it. You walk up to the Kaisal, you feel it. You feel the Divine Presence. There's nothing like it. You're talking about your big Nobel Prize when you're talking about your famous baseball players and your singers who are the most popular singers in the, in the non-Jewish world. But you forgot the main thing. You've got this awesome piece of land that's called Israel. You've got Jerusalem. It's yours. Yerushalayim is yours. Do you appreciate it? Not only that, do you understand what it means to retain that piece of land? To be able to get it back? And to be able to continue to keep it? When do you get it, says the Medrash? Only if you if you put my word on your heart, if you place the Torah, you make the Torah, the word of God, God's spiritual command, if you make that the center of what you think about. That's the important... What are, what are people talking about? You know, the, 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 before we read, this is what they're talking about there, Sudas, they're talking about who's rich and who's strong and who's powerful and who's, the, who's winning in the wars and who's the, who's the winner of the presidential elections, etc. Uh, that's what they're talking about. That's what they're talking about. And we're saying, oh, we've got great ones. We've got, you know, we've got amazing ones. And like, yeah, you do. That's not it. If that's what you're talking about, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. We're headed for disaster, says the Medrash. There's only one thing that allows us to keep this awesome land, that allows us to keep Jerusalem, that allows us to be to be great people. And that is, place my words on your heart, says God. Verse says, all these verses are in Amos, so chapter 6, verse 3, they're, they're, they're moving around on an evil day. The Jewish people, why did we end up in exile? Why are there Jews still in exile? Why is it? Because we distance from our hearts. We don't think about God. They think, you know, no, nothing bad is going to happen to us. Hamas, it says in the verse. This is the verses in Amos. I couldn't make it up. You sat yourselves to sit, to live next to Hamas. Hamas means destruction, stealing. It's a reference to, to Esau, who stole from his brothers. 
speaks about all of the sins, the sins that if we are involved in these sins, and the, and the way, how does a person end up in sin? How does a person get lost? Is because what's important to me? What's important to me? What is my focus? On who's the greatest? Who's the Nobel Prize win- winner? Who's the, the mightiest warriors? Where's my focus on Tyra? If my focus is on all these physical things, who's rich and how can I get rich? And I can be like the, the billionaire, the Jewish billionaire, uh, you know. That's, that's not what we talk about. If we're talking about that, we're headed for Gullus, heaven forbid. We're headed for exile. We're headed for them shooting rockets at our people, chas v'sham, heaven forbid. says a sad thing, but it's an important thing to hear because it's an important lesson for us. Each and every one of the Shvatim at this time, in the time when the Navi was speaking, this is what he was giving Musr, he was giving this Teichacha for, each and every Shevet had their holiday, they had their own holidays. They would they would go and look at their at their uh, cattle. They would grab the nicest animal and bring it for their holiday. Woohoo! New Year's party. That's not our religion. Okay, but it it's a fun day, you know. What would they do? They would have this big party. They would they have the nicest animal for it. They're playing their music. They're playing their music and they think of themselves like King David. King David used to play the music. He would play his harp. And he would sing songs of Shir's Vishbachis to God. He would sing Zmir Sayulukha. The Torah was his song. And what are they doing? King David. He would sing songs to God. What did these people do? That the Navi was giving them this strong rebuke. They took that music and they were singing it as they were drinking in the bar at their party that had nothing to do with God. That was completely misdirected, misguided. Rav, Rabbi Yechonon, Rabbonon. We have three different opinions. Different types of cups that they used. They were excited about these parties. They had their fancy shot glasses. They had, you know, they did it all for the party that had nothing to do with God. And they were copying David Amela, King David. Wow, King David. He played music. We're also playing music. This wine was that which... Look, all of these things that are being described in these verses are the mistakes that they made. They're talking about things that are not really important. They're involved in parties that are not really good parties. They're hanging out with the nations who are having a negative effect on them. All this stuff entices them. Entices them to follow after their bodily desires. To follow after the desire for honor, the desire for conquest, the desire for all things that are not spiritual. They used the best oils 
to anoint themselves. Rabbi Yehuda bar Yecheskel Amar Zeshemen and Pikinoin. Shemashir Zeser Machlik Esabosar. A certain kind of oil that softens the skin, causes the hair to come out. They have smooth skin. So they've done all these things. They've gotten all involved in all of these beautiful things. Their lives are just a pleasure. Constant pleasure. Constant enjoyment. Constant party. But they didn't learn the lesson. What happened? Shever Yosef's destruction of the, the northern tribes, the northern kingdom of the Jewish people, of the Israelites. Referred to as Yosef because the tribes of Yosef, Ephraim and Manasseh, were the leaders of the northern kingdom. And what happened there? They were sent off into Gulls, they were sent off into exile as a result of their sins, as a result of their involvement in idolatry, and a disconnect from the Beis HaMikdash, from the Temple, and from God. But what happened to the people in the south? Did they learn the lesson of what happened to the people in the north? It says the Navi Ma Soifon. What happened in the end? It was because of wine. And here we are coming back to what we started with. It was because of the mistakes that they made, involvement in these parties, involvement in the, in the wine, getting drunk. Really? Getting drunk on this world, not just on wine. Getting drunk on all of the passions and the glory and the foolishness, the things that everyone else considers to be great. The lack of focus on what's really important. That's what caused the southern kingdom to be lost as well, to be exiled which is where we find ourselves today, slowly returning, but nevertheless still exiled. Lochain, the verse says, and therefore, this is the last verse I'm going to quote from Amos, chapter 6, verse 7, and that's why they were sent off into exile. The Jewish people were sent off to the southern kingdom, the Jewish people from Judah and Benjamin, Benjamin. What do we see here? We see that the thing that causes us to go into exile, and exile, notice the word goyle, the word goyle, which is exile, I believe this is what the message is trying to say here. The word exile is from the word legalot. Galus, galus, galut, comes from the legalot, which means to reveal. It means to reveal something improperly. We talk about the licentious behavior of the verses in, in Acharemos and uh, you know, we speak about legalis erva, uncovering someone's nakedness inappropriately. Not in the place of a mitzvah, not in the place of the, the, where it's supposed to be. There's a gilu erva, there's a revelation of our nakedness, of our embarrassment. That's what happens as a result of being involved in wine, drinking wine. This is why God wrote, this is the famous concept. Why does the concept of the Nazir come after the Parsha of Sota? First we talk about the fact that there's a Sota woman who's a wayward wife. She's gone on and been involved in licentious behavior, not with her own husband. It's followed with the obligation to become a Nazir, to become... To, to prevent oneself from drinking wine, recognizing the results of what happens when a person drinks wine. The Fishayan Garim Erva causes this licentious behavior. Therefore, a person needs to make a vow. I won't be involved in that. I don't want to make that mistake. That's why the verse tells us, in a man or a woman, when they'll do an awesome thing, 
They'll make a clear vow. They're not going to drink wine. That's the verses in our Parsha. Now, we spoke about a lot of stuff here. And we wrapped it up in something that seems not so directly connected, talking about wine and taking us off the path. But I believe that the whole, the whole message, the big picture of this Medrash, is something that's a powerful lesson. There are so many ways to be pulled away. There's so many things that pull at us, and rightfully so. Wow, it's awesome. Rich money, fame, fortune, power, prestige. All these things pull at us. They're important to us. We're human. But where does it take us in the end? It ends us up in a lot of trouble. It ends us up in a lot of trouble. And we lose the essence, the greatest place, the greatest land. Our Eretz Yisrael, our holy land. We can lose it. Because we're, our focus is off. The message is telling us, how do we prevent that? How do we nip that in the bud? How do we get it before those bad sprouts start to come out those bad results stop it at the beginning what's important to me I'm not going to go near that I'm not going to go near the wine that's what the, that's what the Nazir says I'm not going to go near the wine I'm going to stop it before it starts I see where that goes I recognize where that goes those, that party with the wrong focus those conversations with the wrong focus. That's heading off in the wrong direction. It leads me into gullus, heaven forbidden, to exile. Exile from myself, exile from my soul, exile from God. And exile from the land of Israel. How do I get back to Eretz Yisrael? How do I keep Eretz Yisrael now that I've returned here? How do I retu- I've returned to my spiritual self? How do I stay there? Clarity. A clear decision, a clear commitment. Give you an example. This week, a very last week, I was looking at the headlines, trying not to read the news, but I was looking at the headlines intensely because of what's going on here in Israel. So, at the beginning of the week, I felt sick, and I decided this week I'm not going to look at the headlines at all. I spent the entire week without looking at any headlines. I have to, I had to ask people what's going on, but I wasn't so obsessed. I wasn't so obsessed. And being focused on these types of matters, it takes a person away from what's really important. And having a, re- a recognition, a realization of what's important, I can take a step back and I can say, you know, this is the line for today, for this week, whatever. For me, it's not going to work. And I can have clarity. That's the word, Kiyafli, there's clarity. There's clarity. When I can be clear, where this goes, I can protect myself and I can stay in the Holy Land. I can stay in Jerusalem, in Zion. If I know that Jerusalem is the, you know, red line, this belongs to me. You don't shoot at me. I can draw a line and everyone can scream from today till tomorrow. This is my line. It's very clear. Don't cross it. And I can make that line for myself, and I can make that line in my interaction with others. And it's a very deep and powerful lesson, so important. The Torah is giving us, and this measure is showing us where things can lead. If we don't have those clear lines, if we don't have that clarity, and we don't make those commitments. I want to bless you.
I ask you to bless me, Hashem, should help us to have that clarity, to recognize where it is that our lines need to be drawn. Hashem should help us to be able to indeed draw those lines for ourselves. Hashem should help us to return to Zion, to Zion, to Jerusalem, to the Holy Land, to Eretz Yisrael, to ourselves, to what we know is really important. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.